This is Tooth and Claw Podcast. Here we are. We got our wildlife biologist, Wes Larson. Oh, that's me. Our number one boy. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> oh, man. We got our tech guy, Mike. What's up, Mike? How you doing? I feel like I just got demoted. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah I'm doing great. I say producer. producer. He does a lot of the, the back end that we don't want to do. And then we got me, Jeff Larson. And Jeff. Here I am. He's a Jeff. I'm a Jeff. I'm, my, a, I'm in the Jeff group. You're my favorite, Jeff, but just by a hair. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. Oh. Who's your second favorite? Oh, I don't know, but I just don't Goldblum? like you that much. Yeah, probably Jeff Goldblum. He's probably the most, yeah, he's the most, like, unanimously liked Jeff out there. Yeah. So I had something pretty cool and big happen this Ooh. week. Okay. Something I've wanted my whole life. All right. I met someone that was born on a leap year. That's, That's- pretty boring. <laughs> because my birthday is February 28th, so, like... People always ask me about leap year, you know, even though it wasn't the right year for that. But I don't know. I put a lot of thought into leap years, and I just wanted to ask a lot of questions. I was finally able to. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm jealous of leap year babies, I decided. Why? Because I decided celebrating birthdays is important and cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just cool that every person gets their own day for, like, people to recognize them as a person. Yeah, your own personal holiday. But then, like... I don't know. I just don't really put effort into my own birthdays and no one else ever does. And like, I end up kind of always like half-assing birthdays, which is like by my choice, you know? Yeah. And just go to like Red Robin and get a burger or something. And that's kind of how it always is. And I feel like if you're a leap year birthday, you half-ass three of the four birthdays because it's not actually the birthday, you know? You do it on, like, March 1st, and it's kind of like, oh, this is cool, whatever. But then one out of four years, it's just the biggest party yet. You go And you just hard. go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, if your birthday was on a leap year, do you think you'd care at all about it still? Hmm. I think not. I think, yeah. Jeff, I understand Jeff's line of thinking, but I also think it would just result in even more of a disappointing birthday. Because it's right. like... I waited four years and I still didn't do anything for it. So yeah, like if or if like one of your friends didn't show up, you would be all hurt because you'd be like, "Hey, this only comes around every four years," but to them, it's still just like your birthday. Mm, right. That's the hard. That's the hard truth that every birthday person has to realize is that to mostly everyone else, it's kind of just a normal day, you know. But it wouldn't <laughs> be if it was the, the leap year. Eh, it probably if you would had a be friend to them. whose birthday was the 29th, You don't think you would care more? I would probably care more, but it's not like I would shape my week around them. You know, it's not like I would be like, man, I have to go to this person's birthday. I would, if it was like all my friends were equal, I would care about their leap year birthdays more than any other What if they were kind of a dick, though? Would you then? Well, that's why I just said they're all equal. Oh, if they're equal. But if they're truly equal, then they would all have birthdays on leap year. That's true. That'd be crazy. (laughs) That would be crazy. How equal are we talking? Is this like animal farm equality? So my audio, I realized I didn't hit for my speaker. So if I sounded a little weird at the start, that's my bad. You always sound a little weird at the start, dude. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, I'm jealous of leap year people, and I'm glad I have a friend now who could tell me what it's like. All right. Well, I'm glad you do too. I'm glad you finally (laughs) checked that box on the (laughs) the old bucket list list that you have. Yeah. (laughs) 
I think I'm going to start my overrated list just like Mike, and I'm going to put Leap Year Birthdays on there. I'm taking the opposite stance. <laughs> that feels like you're just attacking me because I'm yeah. the only one. Well, is there anyone else you've heard say it's cool? Uh, no, no. I just think they're so overrated. It's only, it's only overrated by me? Well, I just had to talk about it for like four minutes, Jeff, so now oh, I think wow. they're over. I'm just kidding. You've never uh, even considered them, have you? We just did. There, yeah, there's some show where someone had a leap year birthday and they pretended like they were, because they were like 30, but they acted like they were like 14 or whatever. No, that's that math doesn't add up. But they acted like they were eight, even though I can't remember what show it was. It was dumb. That's how much well, I the, dislike leap year birthdays. The other cool thing about it was their driver's license says February 28th is the date people can use. Huh. So they can drink one day earlier in their life That's for tw- super cool. when they get That's... 21 years old than ever. Yeah. Oh, let me Does that here, change let your me mind at all. Yeah. List real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how's how how are y'all doing? We doing good? Should we get this thing started? I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, all right. I prepped our episode today. Yeah. I'm Jeff doing gave my me a week third off. main. I did so far what I've done the crows Harambe and Humphrey the Hippo. You're right, crows. We crows just put was on like a bonus yeah. that we did. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Harambe probably deserved it. All right, so should we just get into it? <laughs> yeah. All right, so <laughs> he didn't deserve it. <laughs> he grabbed that kid. Gotta leave those kids <laughs> I'm alone. Not letting that pass. You would have killed got him. Me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so the movie starts out with Optimus Prime explaining no, that there's an important cube about this. that no. the Autobots lost, and nope. it's on a planet called Earth. No, this is good. I'm planning on seeing <laughs> the Beast Wars tonight, so I need this no, recap. You're not. Keep going, Jeff. No. Oh, wait. These are the wrong notes. Hold on. <laughs> okay, no. So we're talking, we're talking about someone. His name's Dylan McWilliams. And... <laughs> It's a fun name. So I'm going to ask you guys a lot of questions. That's the do you way think I like it, to do it. Do episodes. you think his friends called him Dilly McWilly? I'm hoping <laughs> so. <laughs> Hopefully one of them listens and will start yeah. if they're not. Uh, what do you think is the world record for types of animal attacks by a potentially deadly animal on a single person? Uh, Like over their life? Like the reason I worded it like that is like, if someone gets bit by the same venomous snake like five right. times, that doesn't count. I would say like 10. No, probably more than that. I'm 15. going 18. Well, that's a bad question by me because Dylan's only had three so far. And he's the record? No, he's not the record. Oh, I was okay. just asking what you think is. But Dylan's been attacked by three animals that have all killed people, and they all live in North America. Wait, we don't get um, to learn the record? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope all the questions are like this. Uh, so, well, this one's not, because you'll okay. learn this one. What's your guess for the three types of animals that he was attacked by? I know this story, so I, I'm not going to guess, but Mike should. Okay. I'll go bear. What type? Black. Okay. And shark. You got to say the type. You just learned that. Black species. Black shark. Okay. Yeah. And a dog. All right. Yeah, you did pretty good there. So the first story happens in Moab. But first, so were you guys taught any survival skills when you were like really young, like three to eight years old? 
Yeah. You were, Mike? I think so. Yeah. My mom, it was always a big thing to have like survival kits hidden away in our closets. It was just like a little backpack full of like hard candies and like. Like a go bag? Yeah. And like we learned just very basic, like here's how to inflate your pants when you're in a pool or here's how to administer CPR. I don't know. We were like five. So I don't know how useful that was, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't know about you, Wes. I don't remember like being taught anything specifically. The only one I remember specifically is I was pretty young and dad took me out and it was really wet outside. We were like in the West Fork of the Bitterroot. And he said, make a fire and gave me like two matches or something. (laughs) And I very and then he left and I very quickly like went through those matches and did not make a fire and was very cold and wet for a while. And then he came back and was like, where's your fire? And I was like, I didn't make it. And that's pretty much all I remember. Yeah, it sucked. Nice. I like that. I wish he would have done that to me. Um, yeah. Dylan, his grandfather started teaching him like outdoor survival skills at the age of four. Wow. Out in Colorado Springs. Mike, what state's Colorado Springs in? <laughs> Uh, this sounds like a trick question, and it wouldn't be so easy if you were asking, All right. right? No, it's Colorado. So we'll fast forward, and um, Dylan's now 17 years old. He's putting these outdoor skills to use, and he enjoys getting jobs that are like in wilderness preparedness and wilderness survival type jobs, wilderness training. So he's out in Moab. You guys... You've been to Moab, right? Wes, yeah. you've been there a lot. I've been there a lot, yeah. What stands out to you about Moab? Uh, It's like beautiful red rock country. There's some rivers running through. Yeah, it's grown a lot in the last 10 years. It used to be like a small little town, and now it's like a huge kind of mecca for outdoorsy It's doubled people. in arches. It, yeah, the arches have it's really crazy. exploded out there. But uh, yeah, it's right by Arches National Park and Canyonlands National Park, so it's a very popular destination. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. I've done like the arch swing. I've done some cool adventures out in Moab. I love it there. So in September 2015, Dylan's hiking out of Grand Staff Canyon near Moab. It's an evening after wilderness rescue training. The clouds are starting to turn orange over the dark red rocks of southern Utah. And he decides to switch from his hiking boots to sandals. And then he rolls up his pants. think I know what's coming. (laughs) A shark. So (laughs) him and his friends are walking in a group, and he's second in the line. And as he steps off a ledge, he feels a sharp needle-like stab in his right leg. He says he thought he kicked a cactus. Have you guys ever kicked a cactus? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've kicked a cactus or two. I almost kicked a cactus this week. It does suck. (laughs) You almost did. Yeah. (laughs) I like I was about to step on a cactus and then I stepped. It's so scary when you like are about to hit one. Yeah. I always feel like I'm right away. I feel like I really hurt myself and then it ends up not being as bad as I thought it was. But it still Mm -hmm. sucks. Well, unfortunately for Dylan, it wasn't a cactus. He looked down to see two puncture wounds, an intermittent part in his skin. And he claims a pygmy rattlesnake dark reddish brown with pink spots laid coiled up under the ledge okay um why do you say he claims uh, because i looked up pygmy rattlesnakes and they don't have any habitat in utah so pygmy rattlesnakes yeah they're all all southeast yeah i don't i don't like i've seen a pygmy rattlesnake before in florida that's where they live i am pretty confident we don't have pygmy rattlesnakes in utah no so i have there are some really small 
rattlesnake species in Utah. So it could have been mm-hmm. like a Mojave rattler or um, it could have been like a really There's small, five. Can you name them all? Uh, Great Basin rattlesnake, Western diamondback, Mojave rattlesnake. No diamondbacks. They don't have Western diamondbacks in Utah? No. Nah, they're in huh. Arizona and Texas, but they don't quite make it into Utah. Okay. Then I bet some sneak over the line at like <laughs> midnight. <laughs> Maybe. While no one's looking. So Great Basin, Mojave. We got build a wall. Prairie rattlesnake. <laughs> Is that uh, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm really drawing a blank here. There's speckled rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. I've and never seen sidewinders. Ah, oh, yeah. I should have gone And those sidewinder. are in the extreme southwest corner of Utah, which is where Moab is. Sidewinders are really small and kind of look like what he described. This could have been a sidewinder. could have been a speckled, speckled rattlesnake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not a pygmy rattlesnake unless someone had a pet one and left it on their hike in Moab. Dylan, I already don't. Man, Dylan's not starting off strong for me here. (laughs) Yeah, he needs some more wilderness preparedness classes. Oh, yeah, and I should say my source for most of this is Outdoor Magazine. So, and I was reading in this, like, Texas um, rattlesnake information website that Apparently there's a saying in Texas that being third in line is the worst when you're hiking because the hmm. first person wakes it up, the second person makes it angry, and the third person gets bit. Gets bitten. Huh. But I do think there's probably some truth to like being in second puts you like maybe a little bit more at risk than at first. Yeah. Because like especially as cooling down, like it probably just didn't see the first person until it the person had already walked away, you know? And, yeah. But then the rattlesnake was alert, and then Dylan being the second person got bit. Yeah, I think there's probably some truth to that. All right, so luckily for, for Dylan, as we talked about, the western diamondback rattlesnake, it's the most dangerous species in America of rattlesnake. And has, it's responsible for the majority of human fatalities, but its northern range is south of the Utah border. So our most dangerous rattlesnake in Utah is the Mojave rat. Mojave. Yeah, they're the only neurotoxic rattlesnake in Utah. So their yeah. their talk their venom is a, a quite a bit different than the other ones in that it attacks your nervous system as well as your blood your blood system, circulatory system. So back to the story, Dylan claimed because of his wilderness emergency medical response training he knew that he had two options, which were call a helicopter to airlift him to a hospital because they're really far out here, or wait it out in hopes that it was a dry bite, and in his mind, 50% of rattlesnake hits are dry. So he decided to take his chance and see if it's a dry bite. I researched that. There's a lot of like varying information on dry bite percentages. So... U.S.gov says that about 25% of rattlesnake bites are dry bites. On Wikipedia, it said 33% of rattlesnake bites are dry bites and 50% of venomous snake bites are dry bites. Hmm. And then one in 600 people will die from rattlesnake bites. So his chances are good, but I don't know. Normally, you don't have... (laughs) Normally, yeah. your chances of surviving the night are a lot higher than that, but right? Also, your one in 600, that's not untreated. That's like overall. So most right. of those people are getting treatment and getting anti-venom. So I think when they're untreated, it's more like 30 to 40% it's of people probably die. Probably higher. Yeah, yeah. Or at least lose a limb or something. Yeah, that's a good point. That's just death, too. It's not like serious injury. Yeah. 
And those percentages are probably high, the ones I just said. But you, yeah, you could lose like fingers, toes, a leg. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. So you don't want to take that risk. So him and his friends are three miles away from their destination, their campsite. So Dylan decides to sit down on some warm sandstone, drink a lot of water, and try to just keep his heart rate down to try to dilute and slow the spread of any venom. Yeah, that's smart. They watched and stayed ready to call for a helicopter at the first sign of any swelling or nausea. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea. Okay, good. I was wondering. And after about 20 minutes, when none came, they decided to hike out. They took an extra long time and took three hours to cover three miles. So about an hour a mile. Or exactly an hour a mile. (laughs) And uh, he... he About exactly. Dylan vomited once that night and then once again the next morning. Yeah, but that's but like, that's everyone. He does was that. fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> just from hiking so fast. Uh, and says that he's happy that they didn't call for a helicopter and happy with the way they did it all. Yeah. Which, you know, I agree with. But he did get a little lucky. But I don't know. Like for all of our listeners with free health care, you know, you just. Yeah. Sometimes here you got to take chances with that stuff. I I will say, like, if you get bit by a rattlesnake and you are close to help, you definitely should try and get it. In this situation, though, if I were in Dilly's situation here, I would probably do the exact same thing. No, it's (laughs) Dilly McWilly. Okay, we're just speaking to existence. uh, I would do the same thing. I'd probably just look for any signs of envenomation and... Rattlesnakes are, a lot of venomous snakes are this way, and rattlesnakes are a good case of it where generally the bigger the snake, the higher chances you have of like a higher load of venom. So when you get bit by a small rattlesnake, like a really small one like this, even if you do get, you know, an envenomation, there's a decent chance that it won't be anything that serious. So I'm saying if, you know, again, if you're willing to take that risk, he was probably in the best possible category for taking it. But it's not good. I'm not going to say that's good advice because the good advice is to get to a hospital as quickly as possible. All right. Yeah. No, that's great. And we have two other animals we're going to cover, but I'm only going to give really detailed information on one animal, and I chose rattlesnakes for that. Okay. So first I want to talk about two animals that I think are really interesting that they imitate rattlesnakes. Wes, you could probably guess at least one of these. Growing owls and gopher snakes. You got it. Okay. So the cool thing with gopher snakes is they don't have a rattle, but their markings are pretty similar, and they'll coil up and try to imitate the rattling of a rattlesnake's tail. So they'll, like, vibrate its tail when agitated, and this is to make things think that it is a rattlesnake. And I was just wondering, like, how do you think they ever learned how to do that? Because it's, yeah. it, it's not like they just watch rattlesnakes all day. You no, know? it's it's instinctual. Like, this isn't learned behavior. This is something they're born doing. So, like, yeah. this is an instinctual behavior for them. I mean, I've seen this. I think I have a video of it that maybe we can post. But it, it makes noise even. You know, it's not doesn't sound like a rattlesnake. But it does make noise and it hisses. And it gets in the S position just like a rattlesnake. Like, they look like a rattlesnake when they do this. It's pretty impressive. It's so cool. It's so interesting to me that they don't have a rattle. And the only reason they would be doing that is to act like a rattlesnake, you know? Yeah. 
And their pattern looks like a rattlesnake, kind of, too. To an untrained eye, a gopher snake can look a lot like a rattlesnake. And then, do you want to just explain what burrowing owls do? Yeah, so burrowing owls, especially owlets, the little babies, they will make this rattling noise. It's just a vocalization that they do, and it sounds a lot like a rattlesnake rattle. So if there's something coming into their burrow that you know is potentially going to eat them, they start making that noise, and it might scare off whatever predator that is because it's like, oh shit, a rattlesnake. I thought I was about to eat some little owls. And the reason they've evolved to be able to do this and not other owls is that they live in the ground. So they have right. like Burrows. They have like coyotes and foxes coming and they have like badgers. Yeah, lots of predators. And then we've heard it. It's so it's so convincing of a rattlesnake noise. It's really oh, yeah. impressive. Yeah. Because they're just tiny little owls. It's super cool. All right, so those are my two imitation animals. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about dry bites. So I think, I mean, I know you've talked about some of this, Wes, but hopefully this is, we got some new information here too. So dry bites can occur from all snakes, but their frequency varies from species to species. And these are venomous snakes, obviously. So like an Australian eastern brown snake, 80% of the time they have a dry bite, hmm. but tapans or tapians? Tapans. Yeah, it's, tapans. The, most, it's the most venomous uh, terrestrial snake in the world. Inland oh, tapins. Really? Inland tapins in Australia are the most venomous, yeah. So they only do dry bites 5% of the time. Yeah, you don't want to get bit by them. They're not very bitey snakes, though. You really have to kind of force one to bite you. Not force and it, like, but... Like I said, it. about 50% of snake bites end up being dry bites. And yeah. dry bites doesn't mean like zero venom, but it means like a very minimum amount of venom. Right. Mike, really quickly, give us a refresher on venom versus poison. Oh, man. But poison is when you swallow it, ingest it, and venom is when it's injected into you? Yeah. Are those all the right words? Venom's injected, poison's ingested. Just remember that. Wes, uh, the U.S. government website, when talking about rattlesnakes, use poison for rattlesnakes. Yeah, well, that's just so another you reason write them a letter. our government is broken. <laughs> so <laughs> One of many. Dry bites were first thought of as a thing, understood in... 1892, which is a lot earlier than I expected, by a South American rattlesnake in London. They were just had it out in uh, London. A South American rattlesnake understood it first in London? I'm picturing no, they, a rattlesnake they, wearing like a lab coat. And yeah, like a the top researchers hat. figured it yeah. out. So they can do dry bites on accident or on purpose. So here are like some of the things that cause a dry bite. Gland infection, trauma after defense, Trauma after extraction of venom, duct calification or obstruction, calcification, venom metering. Oh yeah, thank you. Yep. Empty gland or misjudgment of the distance to victim, leading to only partial penetration or a premature ejection of venom. Mike, you oh, know about you've that. You've all been there. <laughs> yeah. When I can't see very well, things just don't go to plan. Yeah. Do you think when, when rattlesnakes or other snakes do a dry bite, they're like, I swear it's my gland calcification. <laughs> I swear to God, that's this, <laughs> this never, never happens, happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about venom metering. Wes, you've mentioned it before, but this is where they control their venom. And it's really interesting. It kind of became a real thing scientifically in 2002 when there was a scholarship or like what's it called 
like a peer-reviewed journal, a peer-reviewed article. Yeah, that we were getting at. <laughs> well, it started out as a hypothetical concept proposed by Esther Wigger, Lucia Kuhn Newtwig, and Wolfgang Newtwig of the Zoological Institute of the University of Bern in Switzerland. And what they did to figure it out is they used the studies of a wandering spider or wandering spider. Wandering. It's, with an it's a. wandering. But yeah. it's with an A. Wandering is with an A. That's how you yeah. spell wandering. Wandering is Oh, oh. you're right. What <laughs> you, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of English words out there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's all right, dude. You're all right. doing great. <laughs> so this is a spider that paralyzes its prey. It can't weave webs, so it relies strictly on its venom for predation. Yeah, they're one we're going to do for sure because oh. they've killed people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they can't hold a ton of venom in its glands. So their main preys are butterflies, moths, earwigs, cockroaches, flies, and grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. And it takes two to three days to refill its glands. So, you know, it's a, it's a big process. Um, right. Energetically costly. But it was found that the amount of venom released differed for each specific prey. For example, the bigger and stronger the insects like beetles, the spider uses the entire amount of its venom, while for small ones, it uses only a small amount, thus economizing its costly venom. In fact, the experiments show that the amount of venom released is just sufficient to paralyze the target organism depending on the size or strength, so it never uses more than necessary. Which was really interesting to me that like they're just evolved to get it this precise. Metering it out perfect. Yeah. So that's what I found for our rattlesnake facts. I kind of just want to get into dry bites. Yeah. So let's take a quick little break and then we'll get to the next animal. All right. What are we going to talk about during our quick little break? We're doing an advertisement for HelloFresh. So every so often in a man, a grown man, grown woman's life, they get hungry, right? Sure. And uh, they need they eat when that happens, when they're hungry. Does that ever yeah. happen to you, Wes? <laughs> That's happened to me a lot. Yeah. Wow. Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. So does this mean I won't be hungry anymore? If all goes to plan, yes. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Number one, Jeff. So this summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Don't stress out over going to the store and getting all the right proportions or any of that stuff. HelloFresh takes care of all the hard work for you. It'll help you reach your goals also with delicious calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan options. Nice. What I like about HelloFresh is that it's really hard to like mess up these recipes. They send you this little board thing that with the recipe on. It's almost like IKEA for food. Very foolproof instructions with high quality ingredients. It's just it makes it super simple. They're easy to know? follow. Yeah. So go to hellofresh.com/tooth16 and use code tooth16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Get America's number one meal kit by using code tooth16 at hellofresh.com and uh, get get some of that good stuff. Stuff in your stomach. Dissipate that hunger. Okay. Tooth and Claws brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because, well, honestly, because they sent us a bunch, but I love it, <laughs> and it tastes so good, 
and it's way better for my gut health. Wes, you love it. You put it in your ice tray, put toothpicks in it, freeze it in the freezer, and eat it like a popsicle every day, don't you? Oh, yeah. I just actually <laughs> That's just a good rub idea. those ice cubes all over me and just let them melt on me and absorb yeah. it through my skin. I think all three of us were like super impressed with how good ag1 taste it's one of our favorite products we take it every day yeah i feel like when someone when someone hands you like a green drink you either think this is gonna be the worst thing i'm ever gonna taste or like really good and luckily this is on the really good side but normally when it's really good i think that it's not healthy that's not the case with ag1 ag1 has 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole foods source superfoods probiotics and Adaptogens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm going to adapt these gens into my gut. <laughs> um, Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. Wow. Me and Mike have a roommate who's a, or we had a roommate who became a doctor, and he just texted me the other day asking for the promo code to get Athletic Greens because he said everyone at his hospital was talking about it and they all love it. Look at that. And so this isn't like saying that a doctor endorsed it, but it is saying our doctor <laughs> friend is buying some. All right. <laughs> and they I, they have a ton of doctors who have endorsed it, so it's not saying not that either. <laughs> um, but to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash tooth. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash tooth, all lowercase, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, What's going on with Dilly? All right, so back to the story. Yeah, or so, Dylan, whatever his real name is. What do you guys think about when you think about Hawaii? Uh, Luau's. Mai Tais and pina coladas and luau's and... Purple bread. What's the purple out, bread? Uh... I don't know. Po? Like po? poi bread? Poi. Po, po. Something like that. Hanging out by the beach, snorkeling, sea turtles, sand. I think a ton of beach in Kauai. That is okay. like my favorite beach I've ever been to. Great beach. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. I probably think of Kauai first when I think of Hawaii. Mm. We got what family out there. That makes sense. I already um, told you all my stuff. I'm not answering a second <laughs> question. I was thinking, why don't... Like, we and all of our listeners just pitch in, buy a house in Kauai, and all live there together. We can all share it. <laughs> yeah. You'd love that. I'm in. All right. All right. So, April 2018, so this is like three and a half years after the rattlesnake bite, right? Dylan's out in Kauai, and he's doing some more emergency response preparedness with, there's a lot of flooding going on, and he's kind of working with that oh and so then, like a disaster relief kind of trip yeah i, oh, I like I this don't Dylan know guy. too much detail on it but that's kind of what he's out there that's what he likes to do for work and he does like cool. wilderness preparedness trainings yeah. and teachings but i mean he's a young kid he's like 20 right now so he's just kind of figuring his career out he's he's doing more than i did but he gets some time off and you know he's in hawaii so he wakes up early and at 7.15 a.m. decides he wants to go out, boogie board, and catch some waves, which I've done in Kauai. It's great. Yeah, 
It is great. So he is in Kauai. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's in Kinolino, <laughs> Kionilo Bay okay. on the south shore of Kauai. So he swims out there with his boogie board, and water's probably, you know, just warm enough. That's how it always is when I'm there. It's like feels a little cold, but not that cold. Yeah. And he goes out there, catches a perfect wave, rides it all the way back to shore, swims back out there hoping to, you know, recreate that experience. And he feels a bump and a sharp twinge on the inside of his left calf. For a second, he's just confused, looks back, sees like his red board shorts but then he also sees behind his red board shorts a cloud of red blood in the water wait so his shorts are his shorts are off of his body now no his shorts are on but the first thing he saw was the red board (laughs) and then he saw shark is just pranking him blood behind it okay so he's just kind of confused figuring out what just happened right so it ends up being a six foot tiger shark that just came up and bit they're his the leg. ones. They're the ones that get people in Hawaii sometimes. Tiger sharks have about forty-eight serrated teeth. Do you think um, the shark was actually six feet long, or does it just say that it is? It's actually five well, eleven. <laughs> we'll get back to that actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, let's just table that. And I re- was reading about tiger shark teeth, and I read them described as having like mini razor teeth on each tooth. Because they're yeah. serrated teeth. Well, we've talked about it too. They're they're kind of like a chainsaw blade. It's like they're pointed to one side. They're serrated. They're yeah, like they're built bite for sawing sea through sea turtle shells. Yeah, right. So it's not a type of tooth you want to get bit by. No, it's not. Not at all. When I was a kid, I had a tiger shark jaw, which I definitely should not have had that, but I did as a kid. Didn't realize it, and I grabbed it once, and it cut my hand, and it hurt. I remember that jaw. You cut yourself on it? Yeah. I got bit by a tiger shark. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So the shark's still there, and Dylan kicks out and, like, kicks it straight in the nose and says that it felt like kicking a giant rubber inner tube underwater in slow motion, which I guess you just got to try it. Yeah. Because I don't don't know why. I don't understand the slow motion, (laughs) but whatever. Mm -mm. So then it leaves him alone, but it starts circling below the board. Dylan is freaked out and nothing else to really do except start paddling towards shore. And the entire time he's leaving this blood trail, just worrying that the shark's going to follow him there. He says that it took and it it felt like it took an eternity to get back to shore. Time stopped and he eventually did make it there, Mike. So it didn't take a literal eternity. (laughs) (laughs) And he crawled onto the sand and blood was pumping out of the holes in his leg. A local lady saw it happen and called an ambulance. They put in seven stitches, which were like loosely sewn in his leg. And it's really weird. I saw a picture of it and like he definitely needed more than seven stitches. But there's Mm. just like these seven like loose stitches in there. And he he ended up just duct taping over it three days later and getting back out there to surf. Nice. Good for him. Yeah, so, like, he said if he didn't get back on his board, then he didn't know if he ever would and just wanted wanted to oh. take full advantage of being out in Kauai. It's a very dedicated cool. boogie boarder. Right. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, like, if, so someone, if someone told me, like, oh, you can never boogie board again, I'd be like, 
okay. <laughs> a thought I just had that I like I have no research on because I just thought of it, but it seems like maybe boogie boarding's a little bit more likely to get attacked by a shark than a surfer because your yeah, legs you think are so, like, always your legs in the are water, dangling in the water. It does probably make a bit more sense. Yeah, mm. but there's a but lot more surfers surf- than there are big small boards probably. for surfing. Like, look a little more like something well, to bite. The other thing too is like surfers when they're waiting for waves and everything generally have their legs in the water. It's just when they're surfing, and I bet he was. I don't think he was like in the act of catching a wave when he was bit. Like, I don't think he was like riding a wave. It's usually when you're just like waiting there. So surfers would have about the same amount of chance. Okay. Yeah. So this is crazy, right? This guy has been bitten by a rattlesnake, and now three year and a half years later, he's getting bitten by a tiger shark? Yeah, surely we're done. There <laughs> well, couldn't be another you know one. what's crazy? What? Before this trip to Hawaii, nine months earlier, when he was camping in Colorado, something yeah. else bit him. Oh, great. A mosquito? And it wasn't his girlfriend. <laughs> okay. He did have one, though, you're saying. You guys fans of Colorado? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like Colorado. You guys fans of camping close to home? Uh, yeah. In the woods? Yeah. I think it's a little overrated to, like, camp close to your house out in the woods. Oh, see, I lately I've been thinking about putting a tent up in my yard because I love just sleeping out during the summer. It just is so nice hearing all the crickets and having the cool air and waking up early with the sun. So I... Big disagree. Second big disagree of the episode with for me. Yeah. First Feeling being contentious today. First being leap year. Leap birthday. years. Yeah. yeah. Mike, you like camping? Oh, you you should see my overrated, underrated document, my entry on camping. It's like <laughs> yeah. five pages long. And you can guess under which section it falls under. <laughs> Dylan, like you had his grandpa teaching him this stuff when he was four years old. He just loves being outside. He's, he's an yeah. outdoorsman. So he's 20, no, right now he's probably 19 years old. He's teaching a wilderness survival skills at Glacier View Ranch near Boulder, Colorado. Mike, you still have your picture on a cement truck in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> Not Boulder. It's up in the Vail Valley somewhere, oh, I think. Bad. Maybe they retired it already. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, that'd be cool if it made its way to Boulder, though. So he's out there, and five co-workers invite him to go camping. Wes, what's the worst thing someone can do while camping in black bear country? Uh, leaving food in their tent. No way. That's the worst. What if they, like, kill the person they're camping with? Well, no. That's I, worse. I, than... I mean, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Murdering children. Uh, right. Yeah. No, I would say, though, yeah. when it comes to bear safety, the worst thing they can do there you go. Is, is leaving food in and around their tent. Yeah. No, the answer I was looking for was just... Uh, detonating a nuclear bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Starting a genocide. But they did leave food around the camp. That's the close second. And like, you know, I'm going to give Dylan a pass here because he's only 19. But if you're you're going to work in wilderness preparedness, you got to do better than that. You got to be bear safe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's around 4 a.m. and Dylan woke up to a crunch. Hmm. And this crunch ended up being his skull. Ooh, that's not good. You don't like it when your skull's crunching. <laughs> it's yeah. like someone squeezing a handful of chips, and it felt like a jerk on his skull. A 300-pound male black bear had dug his claws into his scalp and then bit his head and dragged his 6-foot, 180-pound body by the <laughs> head 12 feet from the back. <laughs> so, yeah, this is where we get back to it, Mike. 
I'm 5'11". My driver's license says six foot. I'm going to... Like, I think you got to say 6'1". And anyone who says they're six foot, like, I think they're making it up. No right? one is so six I'm foot. Questioning, I'm questioning. Maybe this bear stretched him out a little bit, though. <laughs> That's a good thought. Um, <laughs> so he dragged him about 12 feet from his sleeping bag. You have your head in a bear's mouth, Wes. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to start hitting it and just going as hard as I can to get it to release me. I'm, I'm hitting it. What's your it. strategy for hitting it? I'm punching it just, I mean, if, it, if my head's in their mouth, I don't really have a strategy. I'm just you throwing punches behind me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to get it to release my head. Anything you know what I'm do. doing? You know the move in Raiders of the Lost Ark when he replaces the statue with a bag of sand? Yeah. I'm going to do that with my head in a bowling ball, slip it in there so the yeah. bear doesn't even realize my head's gone. That's why you always camp with a bowling ball. I was wondering why you always have that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, Dylan starts punching the bear, but what sounded like was really effective is he somehow found an eye and started gouging that eye, and this made the bear mad. Rightfully so. I think that's kind of a Bush League move in a fight to gouge an eye. Yeah, you know, it's like mm. the mountain and the viper. Yeah, Good that point. sucked. Yeah, he just gouged those eyes out. Yeah, he popped his head. By gouging his eyes. All right. So then everyone in the camp, all his friends woke up. They came out to see the bear just stomp on Dylan's chest a couple times. Whoa. Like like he's pretending to be Draymond Green against Sabonius. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bear angrily walks out of camp. So Dylan grabs his Probably head. didn't even get called for a technical. <laughs> There's eight people out there laughing at that joke right now. I guarantee you some people are laughing at that one. Blood is running down his arms, soaked his flannels. He's bleeding a lot here. This is the bloodiest story of all three of them. His flannels, huh? He's got more than one flannel on. Oh, (laughs) yeah. On his flannel. It's a flannel enthusiast. His shirt and his jeans. I don't know why he's sleeping in a flannel shirt and jeans. That's kind of a psycho move, you know? Yeah. Oh, Sleeping in jeans is rough. Holy cow. Yeah. And this guy's the a real blood outdoorsman. is dripping onto his bare feet, and then it starts running into his eyes, and he said, I couldn't see. I thought, I'm going blind. That was hmm. the scariest part. I knew it was bad. Man. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you know that's bad. Whenever you go blind from blood from an animal attack, that's not a good one. Yeah. I slept in jeans once, and I pinched my ball really bad, and it hurt like so bad that it completely changed the, my behavior for the rest of my life. And I, I used to have a blog called My Other Blog Is Your Mom. And I wrote a whole blog post about that night and how badly it hurt. This was like when I was probably like 20 years old. And it really embarrassed my mom. And I ended up deleting it. That's my story. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I'd like to see wow. that. Yeah. So no more sleeping in jeans for you? No, no. How did your ball get so hurt? It just got twisted. It got caught on one side of the of the jeans, and then I rolled over. And I think I'm lucky I still have it. I really do. It was bad. <laughs> it was at Aunt Terry's house. What else were you wearing? Was it a uh, flannel? No, just shirtless with jeans. Oh, my gosh. I know. I was smart enough to take off my shirt, but I fell asleep in my jeans. <laughs> oh, boy. I've come a long way. Everyone knows all my stories. I mean, we're learning them as we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they call they call the ambulance. He goes to the hospital. He had five bite marks on his head, 
and then deep cuts from the claws across his face, and then <laughs> bruises on his chest and neck. So not nice. a fun night. No. They ended up catching and caging the bear, uh, Car- Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and which I appreciated. They tested the bear, found Dylan's blood and bits of scalp under the claws, and after that decided to put him down. Yeah, because often so with black like, bears, they'll just catch any bear in the area and kill him. Right, mm. they really they really wanted to make sure it was the right bear. Yeah. He got nine staples in his scalp, but he loose, ended up going camping, yeah. <laughs> camping two days later. So this Dylan guy just likes to, he just, yeah, I don't know what He loves is. the outdoors. This guy loves yeah, the can't outdoors. Keep him, can't keep him out of the outdoors. He likes facing his fears, you know? He's yeah. like, this isn't going to stop me. Which I respect. I like that. So that's it for our three stories. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about the odds of all of this happening. So for snake bites, each year around 7,000 to 8,000 people are bitten by venomous snakes in the U.S. Most of these people, about 50%, it's like they're handling the snake. It's right. pretty rare. And then there's like 26% they're intoxicated. Mm-hmm. So it's really rare for a situation like this to happen. As we've talked about, if you're out in the wild, snakes don't want to mess with you. And you guys are going to like this. So it says, this one was from the U.S. government, or U.S.gov. So it says, of these 8,000 bites or so, on average, five to six result in fatalities. This means you are six times more likely to die from a lightning strike or a dog attack, eight times more likely to die from a TV set or other large furniture falling on you, 14 times more likely to die falling out of a tree, and 95 times more likely to die falling off a ladder. So, I, Wes, that's I guess so, your fear of ladders isn't that crazy. That's also just, like, so situational because there's people out there <laughs> that will never stats. go on a ladder, and then there's people that go on a ladder every single day, you know? Yeah. And also, like, TVs are getting lighter every year. I hate these stats. I hate them so much. All right. <laughs> For sharks, in the United States, even considering only people who go to beaches, a person's chance of getting attacked by a shark is 1 in 11.5 million. Bears. Statistically, hikers have thousands of interactions with bears every year, very few resulting in physical injury or death. There is less than one black bear attack a year in the United States. And according to NPS, National Park Service, the chances of being injured by a bear are 1 in 2.1 million. Yeah, when you said less than one black bear attack per year, that's, that's fatal attack. That's not just attack. There's lots of black bear attacks every year. There's lots of people that get bit, but fatal attacks, it's less than one every year. Okay. So National Geographic compounded the numbers of the likelihood of the black bear attack, the tiger shark attack, and the rattlesnake attack. Yeah. And put it to one person, what the likelihood was. And it was one in 893 quadrillion. Wow. (laughs) So pretty much the same odds as Mike playing around a golf with me. Yeah, <laughs> Mike keeps going golfing, but he like will never golf with me. I just don't want you to beat me. I know you're a little better than me, and I don't <laughs> think my ego could handle that. So I was thinking this dude needs to get a Dylan needs to get a tattoo of all three animals, right? That is a, that is a good idea. 
So a skull tattoo of a bear, a foot tattoo of a rattlesnake, and a calf tattoo of a shark. <laughs> yeah, and then I want to reach out to him and just try to manage him, like be a social media manager or something, and just try to get him to get attacked by like one or two more animals. He could yeah. really nail down the like record. Like if you keep it going, I think if he goes for like a mountain lion or alligator next, yeah, and just it's like up to four and he's 23 years old. Yeah. So what's like gonna be your gonna what's your social media steam. pitch to him? <laughs> well, I mean, he's been on Jimmy Kimmel. Hey, do you want to do you want to misspell all your captions? <laughs> I'm just gonna get him famous, like I got you famous. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those pictures I took. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Sounds like he's doing okay. Um, I mean, we've never been on Kimmel or Outdoor Magazine. So let's take one more quick break and then get to our categories. All right. Hey, do you guys know what I hate even more? than people that have leap year birthdays food waste uh, uh okay. yeah that's not what i was gonna boy, say boy do i hate food waste I and you know say what? Tall I, people i'm traveling a lot i'm gone a lot and often i'll buy food and then i forget that i put it in the fridge and i end up with, end up with a lot of food that gets wasted but now that i have a lomi it's really changed the way that i think about my food waste lomi actually transforms my food waste into gold at the push of a button it's a countertop electric what? composter, yep, just just listen, that turns food scraps to dirt in under four hours. And you might be saying, hey, you just said gold, not dirt. But dirt is expensive, Jeff, and I've got a garden, I've got mouths to feed, and dirt is costly. And I'm making dirt now in my loamy. And the best part is there's less garbage. There's no food rotting in my garbage, smelling up the kitchen. And thanks to loamy, I have to take my trash out a lot less. It's hassle-free, and I got all this dirt that I can put in my garden. And that means that my food isn't going to the landfill. It's not just rotting out there and producing methane. It's turning into dirt, and I'm feeding my plants with it, putting it back into that cycle, which I think is beautiful. So it feels really great to know that I'm creating soil instead of waste, and I have a pretty limitless supply of dirt for my garden, and I'm helping save the planet. So you guys are probably thinking, wow, this is just a win-win-win, you know? It's kind of like Dylan had a lose-lose-lose. I have a win-win-win. So I'm going to, oh boy, do I have an offer for you. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a really beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. So go to Lomi.com backslash tooth and use the promo code tooth to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash tooth and use promo code tooth at checkout. And thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Okay. Sounds like a great product for serial killers. You have more dirt to bury your victims in. Yeah. Maybe you could stuff your victim in your loamy and see if they'll compost. There you go. I I was thinking, like, I have no use for gold, but then when you said it's actually dirt, I was like, okay, I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to change your priorities a little bit, but all right. Uh, okay, two categories. Um, two categories, so that's it? Great. Two to categories. No, oh, shoot. Um, first, let's go to animals you've seen or interacted with recently. Oh, boy. Do I have the, a list for you guys? I'm in Yellowstone right now. I've been doing some guiding out here, and I have just been having quite the experience out here. Yesterday, I saw a pack of wolves try and bring down a baby bison, and the female bison surrounded the baby and then tried to protect it from the wolves, which they did successfully. Uh, I saw two, this is just yesterday, I saw two pairs of black that bears. That video is sweet. Brand new cubs. Post. 
Yeah. Yeah, the cub was on the tree. Yeah, and they were fighting with That's each other. Cheap. They should have won our bracket. Yeah, I saw grizzly bears yesterday. I'm just going to say what I saw yesterday. I had a coyote run right past me, like within 10 feet. It was wiling. It was looking for, <laughs> yep, it was looking for ground squirrels. Uh, I saw mountain goats. I saw bighorn sheep. I saw elk. I saw bison. Uh, just every day out here has been better than the next. And then I also last week had a really cool badger encounter where I was bird watching and a badger ran right by my feet and it started digging in a hole and it caught two mice and it was Whoa, had them both no in way. its mouth and their tails are like hanging out of its mouth and then it ran back and gave it to its babies. And it was Whoa. just like really, really cool. So I've That's, just been having yeah. a hell of a time. Nice. Yeah. Seeing a badger is so cool. They're my they're like one of my favorite animals to see out here. I'll go I played golf yesterday and I saw a family of five raccoons. Nice. And they it was like kind of far away, so at first I thought they might be badgers, but then I was like, nah, those are raccoons. Mm-hmm. Mike, I also got? yeah, I mixed up an animal too. I was out golfing actually as well with my dad and one of his and friends. You guys are and golfing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mike won't golf with me. He hates uh, it. So we saw two cows way, like way far away up on the mountainside. And we were all kind of like, that's a weird spot for a cow to be. And they were kind of moving and foraging around. I'm not a bear expert, oh. but it they were like a perfectly chocolatey brown color. And they're like mm-hmm. nosing through some bushes. And I was like, I've seen some bears kind of do that in, in Glacier. So maybe, but no. yeah cows but it was exciting for a couple of seconds yeah (laughs) well that makes you more excited right? i know it was exciting for a couple seconds then it was even more exciting for the rest of the day (laughs) because those cows were just looking down from the mountainside wes you know how golf was invented yeah uh it was it was one of those dwarves that cut off an orc's head and then it rolled into a hole and that's how the game of golf was (laughs) go for a hole yeah Yeah. according to gandalf yeah. Um, let's go. I, to hey, the, let me. I'm just gonna come, go on record really quick. I've changed. I think the Hobbit movies are good. Um, I'm actually into them. So just so everyone knows, I like the Hobbit movies. Well, ever since I publicly came out and said that Sky Captain is good, I no longer have any ground to tell you anyone don't. that they're wrong. You or not. Sure. So don't. <laughs> you're Watched allowed to it think twice that. in a two day period. <laughs> yeah, it was good All both right. times. No, it was not. I hated that movie. I'm still neutral on Hobbit. I wish okay. I think I think they could have done a much better job. Oh yeah, they're nowhere near as good as Lord of the Rings, but I still really enjoy them. Um, Hell of a lot right. better than this series. So let's go to yeah. I mean, with writing like that golf line, it's yeah. hard to argue <laughs> with you. Yeah. All right, let's go to it came from Cora. <laughs> so I asked two different questions. One of them, is, or I looked up two different questions. One is, what is the worst animal to be attacked by? And someone replied, the Asian hornet. Evolution went too far with these guys. When they get their stingers going, it's death and torturous agony, and many humans have already died. And I thought that was wrong, but then I looked it up, and a lot of people have died from these hornets. There's, like, China reported 42 deaths, but then they said, like, it's actually probably a lot more than this. Whoa. But most of them are probably from, like, anaphylactic shock from allergies. I I didn't look too far into it, but people are dying from them. Yeah, I'm almost positive it's from allergic reaction, though. That does sound a lot worse than a bear attack. Um, Sorry. Sorry to be a downer, 
but I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's what it it's is. more than most hornets are doing. I don't think so. There's like fifty something deaths a year from yellow jackets in the U.S. No, but it was like in like one little area of China. It wasn't like the entire country. Mm. Okay. It's like one city official who says they requested anonymity. 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 Yeah. Thank you. There we go. So the <laughs> hornets have been. I've been reading too much this episode. The hornets have been killing people for some time this year in just this district more than 20 people have been killed Hmm. this is from abc news oh that is pretty crazy if it's just one district the number should be a lot higher than that the number is shocking Hmm. so i don't know Wes. i still think it's i think it's allergic reaction i think it's probably just a place where people aren't getting like don't get me wrong it sucks but i i don't think people should be picturing being stung to death by hornets over and over again i'm sure some of that's happened but I bet it's mostly people dying from anaphylactic shock. Well, you know what? I'll prep a future patron episode on it, and we'll figure it out. I like that. One more question was from Chance Murray. What's the best way to handle a venomous snake? Do you hold its tail and spin it so it never bites you? (laughs) That's what I always (laughs) do. Just don't handle them. (laughs) The best way to handle them is not to. Yeah, pretty much that Mm. was all the replies he got. I just thought it was a funny question. I should, I mean, I have handled a cobra, but I was there with a professional. Do you spin them around? No, but I did. I mean, he, there was one point where it you was keep like. keep their head away from you? Yeah. And he said, hey, if you lose control, just drop it. And I had to do that because it like was coming back to bite me. So Ooh. anyway, someday I'll tell that whole story. Okay. I have two pop cultures that I wanted you to do. Okay. And you can just combine them so that we'd take one turn each. Yeah. But. Pop culture most unlucky person and pop culture most unlucky person who ended up being kind of lucky. Okay, I'll go first. So my most unlucky person from pop culture, Jurassic World, the like assistant woman who's taking care of the little annoying kids in that movie. She gets picked up by like a pterodactyl, dropped into like the Moasaur enclosure, and then the pterodactyl's like pecking at her, and then the pterodactyl picks her up again. And then the Moasaur comes up and eats her and the pterodactyl. And it was kind of like, why do they hate this woman so much? Like, <laughs> that's right. Why did she Those get this kids death? were bugged by her because she was being bossy. Right. So because she, she was like, <laughs> she's trying to like not let them get killed by dinosaurs. I don't think you understand how bossy she was being. She really wasn't <laughs> that bad. And then my person who was unlucky but ended up being kind of lucky is uh, Aragorn. Because he breaks his toe, but then he still uh, hits that knife when that orc throws the knife at him earlier in the movie. <laughs> he still hits it. Even though it didn't mean to throw it right at his face, he hits it out of the air. Pretty lucky. Wow. <laughs> so you think he's unlucky that he kicked the helmet? And yeah, he was foot? unlucky about that, but then he's real that's... lucky that he hit the knife. Even though those are sequentially okay. out of order. I, was just, gotcha. I couldn't think of anything. I just love Aragorn. Um, uh, we'll allow it. Okay. Uh, so my unluckiest character is the guy. You guys have seen Lilo and Stitch, right? That yeah. guy gets his ice cream cone knocked over like three times. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that? That's yeah, unbelievable. That, does suck. that and uh, Jack Bauer from Twenty Four. He just can't catch a break. He's always he's always involved. <laughs> yeah, that just dude's had so some bad many. days. <laughs> my my so un- many end of the world scenarios <laughs> for him. <laughs> yeah. My unlucky guy who turned out to be kind of lucky in the end is Milton from Office Space. 
no one ever listens to him. He doesn't get yeah. the cake at the party. Someone steals his stapler. And, like, he's just the butt of every joke. But at the end, he's just hanging out in the Caribbean. He got all the money from that one heist that everyone was planning. That's pretty That's great. Right. That's a like good that. answer. Good ending for Milton. So my most unlucky person in pop culture, I'm actually going to do two. It's Sean Archer from Face Off. So, yeah. so Caster Troy, first he kills his kid, Archer's kid, and then Archer finally catches him. But then, like, the the police, or I guess, I think he's FBI. They, like, tell him, like, hey, listen, Casper and his brother, who's Billy in Jurassic Park 3, yeah. they have this nuke just in L.A., and we have this new procedure, and you're going to switch faces with him. But Casper Troy wakes up Caster. in the middle of the... Caster wakes up in the procedure and has the doctor give him Archer's face. And then he goes to Archer's house and has sex with Archer's wife. Yeah. And Caster, uh, so Archer has to go to jail as Caster and get this, the jail has magnet boots. Magnet boots. So that's yeah, unlucky. That's bad. It's the worst kind of jail to go to. <laughs> but then Caster's kind of unlucky because Archer becomes the only person to ever escape this jail. And it's like his he would have just been able to be the head of the FBI had they not done this prison escape. And they both end up just being super unlucky the whole movie. All right. After they switch faces. Yeah, don't switch faces. <laughs> and What's your one? What's your good my one? My most unlucky person who was kind of lucky is uh, the Hobbit could have used a face switch, Wes. Okay. You got to admit that much. <laughs> I guess. The most unlucky person who is kind of lucky, I think, is the Count of Monte Cristo because oh yeah like, oh he gets framed, awesome gets put in jail, but then ends up like meeting the only person who knows like the biggest treasure in the world, and he's like the richest guy ever once he escapes prison. So let's go to cage match, but this time it's just going to be one of these three animals: so the rattlesnake, the tiger shark, or the black bear. Okay, and they get orders to kill you what would your order be of what you'd feel most confident in like avoiding and least confident in a cage nope there's not the cage match is in a cage this time so it's just these animals are getting direct orders ingrained in their brain and their only purpose in life becomes killing you and do i know that that's their orders like am i trying to avoid them and they have like they have like in their mind they know where you are at all times hmm well, I, I would think then that I would pick, I think the shark is the one I'm least afraid of because I think the first time, the first couple times I go in the water and that shark's coming for me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going in the water anymore. And then that threat's no longer a threat. Yeah. Uh, after that, I would probably say, I think I would next say the bear is the next least scary because I think if I just keep cans of bear spray around all the time, I can keep stopping it from coming in and killing me. But that snake, he's going to work his way under my door. He's going to get in Give my bed. Give you the full load. Yeah, I'm just not going <laughs> to see him. And if he's not, you know, if he's if he's not dry biting me, if he's really going for it, then I might be in some trouble. So I'm, that's my order. I like it. Okay. So I'm least afraid of the bear because I feel like he'll he'll be noticed by me, you know? I'm going to for sure notice that there's a bear waiting outside my garage to like kill me. And you could kill it. The problem is like, I don't, 
I'm not aware that these animals were given the order. So eventually I am going to get into the ocean someday, unaware that this shark is Well, you're going to gonna... think that bear's a cow. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. The thing with the snake, though, is that like it'll probably be the one that'll get me. But it's but not going to kill me. Like step on it or something. A full yeah. load, though, can get you pretty bad fast. Not but if like, it's a tiny little snake like this, though. You'd probably be okay still. And I'll be close enough to medical attention. Well, that... I, don't, I never said it was a tiny snake. Okay. I thought we were kind of going with the same animals that got him. Well, like I in the story, it never said it's a tiny rattlesnake. Well, he thought it was a pygmy rattlesnake, so it had to have been really small. Okay. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Well, no, we're just saying a... Okay. Bigger rattlesnake. Yeah, it's probably going to give you its full load if it's trying to kill you. Yeah. But you're still going to be okay. You can get to anti-venom. You'll be all right. That's my thought I process. think you're... Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So bear, snake, shark. I'm going, I'm going shark number one just because I know I'll go in the ocean again. And I know that thing's going to eat me So it's the scariest Like you. I'm not getting yeah. a second try. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll go... That one's the most likely to kill me. Then the black bear and then the rattlesnake. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, real quick, just kind of a side one. Let's say, like, the clones from the movie The Island or, like, an alien comes to Earth and they just see a picture of a rattlesnake, a tiger shark, and a black bear, like, roaring. Which one do you think, like, all of the ones are, like, in attack mode. Which animal do you think would look the scariest to them? If they didn't the have any snake. context of any of them. You think? Yeah. They just look Tiger sharks like have their... so many teeth, though. Yeah, but they don't... Tiger sharks don't show their teeth the same way that, I'm like... going to agree with you. Yeah. That's why the rattlesnake wouldn't get me in that other question. I'm always thinking about them. Like, yeah. I'm... I'm all, You're scared like, of Like, if I don't know it's coming for me, I'm looking for it, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll agree with you. And then, just for conservation, I just had a little note on rattlesnakes that... Something I found out that I think is cool and people should know. I didn't look up all the states, but since this happened in Utah, I looked it up. And it's actually illegal to kill rattlesnakes in Utah. That's great. Oh, and huh. it's a cool. It's a second degree misdemeanor if you're caught killing one. Yeah. So don't kill rattlesnakes here. They keep down rodents. Rodents spread disease. They're a lot less dangerous probably than rodents in like... The scheme of things, if you take that into account, and they're just really important for the environment. Plus, they're just beautiful animals that are just living their lives, you know? I think, yeah. like, we've talked about this a little bit before, but we shouldn't not kill animals just because they serve a purpose. Like, we should also recognize that inherently all these animals have a right to live, and yeah. they're wild, and, like, there's no reason to kill a snake just because you don't like snakes, like there's, there's places a mindset in Texas with rattlesnakes where they just think it's like for the common good to kill rattlesnakes, like that they're like helping yeah. well, people. There's this place in Texas called Sweetwater. I'm looking at you, Sweetwater, where they do this huge rattlesnake roundup where they kill thousands and thousands of rattlesnakes every year just because they think that they're like making the world a better place by doing it. And it's barbaric. The things they do to the, like they have kids put their handprints in snake blood and like point and put them on the wall and stuff. It's Jeez. like, it's wild. And they call them rattlesnake roundups. It's just not, this isn't necessary. It's not something, if you're terrified of rattlesnakes, don't live in Texas. That's just, I don't know. I hate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tooth and Claw. Do you guys have anything you want to add before we wrap up? No. Dylan? Glad you made it through all three of those. 
glad you're still doing your thing, man. Uh, hopefully you, you're not stuck in an office job and you're still out there living your you dreams. You seem like and... a cool guy. Good job yeah. like yeah. getting back out there. He didn't blame any of the animals. Yeah, good for you. Oh, yeah, let's finish it up. Instead of claw rating, let's just do... Let's rank which is your favorite to least favorite of these three animals. Should we do... Oh, okay. Ouchies, My... it's got to be like black bear number one. Tiger shark was the second worst and rattlesnake yeah, was the best. probably. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, so my favorite. This is hard. This is a really hard one for me. It's actually. a good. They're all really great. Yeah, I would have to go black bear number one, and then I love tiger sharks, but man, I love rattlesnakes. So I think I gotta go rattlesnake number two and tiger shark number three. If this cool. were a great white shark, it would be different. But I p- I'm picking snakes over sharks on this one. I'm going to join you. Is yours any different, Mike? Yeah, mine is tiger shark, rattlesnake, black bear. Black bear. Cool. Yeah. That's You've given your thoughts might on as, them. Might as well be a cow, right? <laughs> Me as well. They look the same from like a mile away. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of things look the same from a mile away. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I forgot one other thing I wanted to do. Totally spaced it. But good thing is I'm still talking, so we, we can keep going. You're in charge, dude. We can't leave until yeah. you tell us we can. This is okay, the worst. So... I want control back ASAP. <laughs> So a long time ago, I set up an email account that I haven't been using too much. But if you have an animal-related story or honestly just any like story that you want to share with us and get our thoughts on, give us an email at toothandclawmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah. So he, here's an email from a listener. Kayla wrote and said, hi, whoever reads this, you're my favorite. Yep, you. Oh, so that means that means me. shit. Lucky. <laughs> You're everyone's favorite. I started listening because your guest appearance on National Parks after National Park after dark. I've never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> we we love them. <laughs> and listen to your whole back catalog in two months or so. I'm loving it so much as an animal nerd and such a nice break from the true crime. So thank you so much for saying that. But the reason I'm writing is I'm listening to the 2020 end of the year episode right now. And Jeff was talking about the phone book strongmen. Well, (laughs) I have an animal related traumatic version. So people who don't know, in like elementary school, I saw these strongmen rip a phone book in half and make a half court shot with half of it. So in my small town in North Mississippi elementary school, we had one of those cool animal guys in quotes, animal guys. Wes, you, you've seen some of those guys on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into <laughs> uh, it, but yeah. Come in, and he had like baby crocs and corn snakes and stuff, but he also had his big wow animal was what I know now to be an albino Burmese python. I don't know how big it was, but I was like eight, so it seemed like it was like 10 feet long. Anyway, he's showing us the snake, and it starts constricting around his neck. We think it's part of the act, but it was not part of the act. He's trying to pull the coils away as his face is turning purple in front of the entire elementary (laughs) school in the gym. It goes on for what seems like forever. He's making these choking noises, and no one does anything until our gym teacher, Coach Kane, who is the kindest, gentlest human in the world, comes in and straight yeets that snake off his neck and into the floor, Mass pandemonium ensues because we all think we're next. Assembly over. Never heard what happened after that, but I definitely still love snakes. 
but maybe had just a little trauma from that. Anyways, love the podcast and wish you all the success in the world. That's too much success for us. Yeah, we don't need you. that much success. I just, I don't hog it all. Crazy story. Mike, you might need to clean my reading of it up a little bit. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so crazy to just have a presentation where someone gets strangled by his python. I would have loved it. It would have just been like <laughs> the opposite amazing. of traumatized. I'm impressed by so that gym stoked. teacher. Yeah. Just right? prying off at huge snake. It's probably one of those big, like, the yellow and white ones. Is that what uh, yeah. they look like? Al- an albino, uh, albino, albino Burmese <laughs> python would be, yeah, the big kind of whitish yellow those ones. Those are cool. Yeah. And then let's do a couple listener questions real quick, and then we'll end the show. Instaman Degram 526 if you could choose any sauce to shoot out of your fingers at will, what would it be? Hmm. Probably like a, like a really good diner ranch for me, mm. like the kind that I re- like the really kind of like liquidy kind that you get in like a good diner. I think that's mm. what I would want. Does caviar count as a sauce? No, because I just like fill up jars of caviar and sell not. it. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I could do honey, if honey is a sauce, I would do honey actually. Honey mustard. No, There's I a fine line honey. between sauce and spread. I don't know about honey. I'm going just like a sweet and spicy barbecue sauce mm. all right i might go buffalo or no i'd probably just do like a like a hot sauce i don't know what kind of hot sauce cholula or something Not i like want to think more tabasco. about tabasco yeah some kind of maybe like each of my fingers can do one i'll have like barbecue sauce tabasco ketchup mustard and fry sauce yeah what's the the my favorite hot sauce it's like a mango it's like secret aardvark hot sauce have you ever had that i'm going with that no. uh elisto wants to know if animals get seasonal depression, and also if we do, because she had some. I don't think animals do. I don't. Really? I don't know of any studies that show they do. And also, that'd be like a really hard thing to measure or quantify, just because it's hard to with, tell. It's you hard to know if an animal's animal depressed. Therapist. Even then, it's pretty hard to know if an animal's depressed. Horse whisperer. So, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I feel like I get it sometimes. But I don't yeah, know. I do. I definitely do. Yeah. Brayden White, sixteen. What's better, lobster, shrimp, or crawfish? What? I don't like any of them. I don't eat seafood, so you don't like them, or you don't eat it. I don't eat it. I I stopped in 2011 because of overfishing, and it was just so hard to figure out if stuff was sustainable or not. So I just stopped eating it, and then I lost my taste for it. I used to like it, and then I just like I went over 10 years without eating it. And now I don't like any of it. It doesn't taste good to me. Mm. If those are my only options, I'll probably say lobster, but like seafood wise, I prefer like mussels and crab. Yeah, I think of those choices, I'm going lobster too. I like a good lobster roll. Then Maya ISK, why does rock beat, or why does paper beat rock? Rock, paper, scissors is weird. It is weird. That should have been like dynamite or something. I don't know why paper beats rock, mm. but my like, there's a lot of unanswered. Well, dynamite's out beating there. scissors too. Yeah, that's true. You can unless cut you cut dynamite, the wick, cut the fuse. You yeah, there you the go. Yeah, yeah, dynamite's the way to go. What would the hand signal be? Like a thumb or a finger? Sure, just a, a straight finger up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for listener questions. That's it for our podcast episode. Wes, thanks for letting me take the reins. You're welcome. Had a lot dude. of fun, listeners. We love you. We sure do. And hey, if you really like hearing Jeff take the reins, or if you're like, hey, I wonder what it sounds like if Mike were to take the reins, you know what you should do? You should check out our Patreon or our Apple Grizz Club. 
because a lot of those episodes, you got Jeff taking the reins, you got Mike taking the reins. Mike hates when we use horse-related terminology, examples like taking the reins, yep, terminology, but uh, we're saying it anyway. Check it out. It's pretty cheap. We didn't go up with inflation, 10 bucks a month. That's that's like the price of what? Of, I don't know, a couple of like bananas? Probably like a tiny <laughs> How much bit can of a gold? banana cost? Terrible example. But <laughs> like a really $12? small sliver of gold. Yeah, like a fleck of gold. Think of that. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. We love you. <laughs> we'll see, see ya. ya. Bye. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.